Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast. Emergency Management's trusted voice, sponsored by Disaster Tech, the Natural Disaster and Emergency Management Expo, and Titan HST. Over the last few years, public attention has focused on the federal government's failures in disaster response and recovery. In many cases, the criticism is unwarranted. However, the federal government has not made progress in resolving an underlying shortcoming in our nation's preparedness, developing a universal culture of readiness. Brock Long stated that the United States is in a vicious cycle of communities being impacted by disasters and having to rebuild constantly. It's almost as if we're not learning anything from history and mother nature has taught us. The culture of preparedness is found on the shared understanding that future disasters will occur and that every individual is responsible for preparing for and responding appropriately to their abilities to a disaster. One of the classes I teach is called the social impact of disasters. We discussed how humans react to disasters and the stress that is put on them and the community where they live. I use Daniel Aldrich's books Black Wave and Building Resilience. Here, Aldrich discusses how closer communities work together to rebuild after an event. In addition, he explores how the individual social ties directly affect how they recover from and, in some cases, become stronger because of a disaster. How do we create such a culture? Before COVID, most individuals have not experienced a significant emergency directly. Well, they may have seen disaster footage on TV and had a friend or a loved one impacted. However, they felt it was never going to happen to them. Studies show that the presence of tangible, generally accepted threat is the single most crucial ingredient for creating a culture of preparedness. As a child of the Cold War, the threat of nuclear war loomed over our heads. We were prepared for a bomb to drop. In the 1950s and 60s, People on the West Coast put bomb shelters in their backyards. Our popular culture was filled with references to the bomb, and after the fall of the Soviet Union, America now lacks such a perception of risk. One of the issues in the United States is the geographic and industrial diversity means that citizens in different regions are subject to various natural and man-made hazards. This diversity of threat makes it challenging to achieve the universal perception of risk that underlines as a culture preparedness. For most people, preparedness and planning is, well, unlikely to be a priority. Recent events have also demonstrated that Americans lack the sense of individual responsibility required to create an authentic culture of preparedness. People tend to perceive that preparedness and emergency response are purely governmental functions, and they believe that fire and police are coming to the rescue in the time of need. We can't blame the individual's thought process. This is because the idea of emergency services coming from the federal government in time of need is reinforced by official preparedness and response procedures. Emergency preparedness generally does not include an active role for individual citizens. And this omission has contributed to an ethic of passivity in the population that negatively impacts our ability to prepare for and cope with disasters. The current view of preparedness as a governmental function must be abandoned. Individuals must learn to take active rather than passive role in preparing for disasters. 
And this sense of individual responsibility will fuel most significant government preparedness initiatives and facilitate effective operations during an emergency incident. So how do we change this view? It has to change from the ground up, not the top down. Local jurisdictions need to have robust preparedness programs. In New Zealand, the Integrate Civil Defense Emergency Management approach can be described in four areas of activity known as the four R's, the reduction, readiness, response, and recovery. They developed an operational system and capabilities before civil defense emergency happens, and it includes self-help and response programs from the general public and specific programs for emergency services, lifeline utilities, such as electricity and whatnot, and other agencies. In the 1950s, the American civil defense model revolved around the idea that help was not coming and that communities would be on their own for some time. They encouraged community gardens and volunteer programs to augment community safety departments. We're close today. We have CERT, BIPs, RACES, and other Citizen Corps programs that are excellent. However, we're still looking at these as top-down programs. We need to get bottom-up community programs that local governments recognize and support. And maybe, just maybe, funded by federal and state money. Thank you for spending time with the Emergency Manager Network. If you're not a subscriber to our Substack, please do. It's free. And share this with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, please stay safe and stay hydrated.